0: Welcome in the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. We are getting you ready for the NBA Thursday slate, the Wednesday college basketball slate, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room.
1: How you doing, Grant? Doing pretty good, Tanner. It's Wednesday. We're getting closer to the return of the NBA, which makes me happy. I know that you had a a real heartbreaker, but it wasn't just you. Uh, Pretty much all of America was on UConn the other night, and it was actually Creighton that ended ended up coming out on top of that one.
0: It wasn't really a heartbreaker. He like, kind of knew the whole game. It was done. But like people's, people are like, oh, fade fade UConn, fade the public. Well, Creighton had never beat a number one seed. UConn had never had like 0-21 or something against ranked teams on the road. I don't know what the deal is. But it was a tough one to watch. The Huskies did not show up. Donovan Kling got into foul trouble early. And Creighton literally made everything. Like I, I'm not super mad about it because they were never really in the game. Like They made a run at the end, but... It was literally just Creighton making three-pointer after three-pointer. They shot 50% from the three-point line. Like, you can't do anything about that. If they're doing that, you're not going to win.
1: Yeah, those nights just happen in college basketball. Sometimes it, it's weird because you would think that it would be the NBA because they're better up there, but it happens in college. Like there are just these nights where random teams. I can remember my team, Virginia Tech. We played Penn State. You know, Penn State. They they finished the year well under five hundred, and there was a time where they set, I think, a program record for threes. I think they made like twenty one or twenty two and shot sixty percent from three. Just happens sometimes.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to read the stats because I'm still angry about it. It was. It was kind of like by the end of the game when they were making like three pointers with UConn in their face, you know, four feet behind the the three point line. It was wild. All right. So the team stats, you ready for this? Creighton, it's not like UConn played terribly. They were very bad from the three point line. I will say that they only shot 18%. They were three of 16. Creighton was 14 of 28 from three. They shot 54% from the field overall. Uh, UConn was a little better from the, uh, the free throw line. Assist wise, Creighton had 18. UConn had eight uh points in the paint. UConn did dominate there. They had 40. That's what I'm saying. Like if Creighton and UConn play 10 times, UConn's gonna win eight of them. I imagine. Like UConn's a much better team, but it just they can't when you're shooting 18% from the three point line and Creighton's shooting 50%, there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Speaking of shooting 18% from the from the three point line, hey, I I said to go with UVA against Virginia Tech. Um, did you see what happened in that one?
0: Yeah, that was, they, well, they didn't score for like eight minutes or something.
1: Yeah, if so if UVA did not score, no, sorry, if Virginia Tech did not score for the final 18 and a half minutes, they still would have won. That That's a pretty mind-boggling stat. That's the third worst loss that UVA has had in the Tony Bennett era. Uh, they went two of 12 from three, 16 and a half percent, 32% from the field. I, they lost 75 to 41. That thing was not even close. And that's it's just it's just ironic timing because by far, Virginia's worst game of the year by far Tech's best game of the year and it just it just happens sometimes. like same thing with the threes. it just it just kind of plays out like this sometimes. It's hard to predict things like that.
0: Yeah, it's college kids, stupid college kids.
1: And what, what can't college kids do Tanner?
0: Make free throws. Exactly. Make free throw. They they all can't make free. Even even Creighton last night, who was fantastic from the three-point line, they still can't make free throws. They would have made free throws. They would have won by even more. Um, but UConn did make a little run at the end. Hurley's like, if we can get it to 10 points under four, we're going to give ourselves a chance. We got a chance. He's screaming this like CBS is showing it. Then they got the graphic. Okay, at 18 minutes, it was this. At 16 minutes, it was this. At 14 minutes, the deficit was this. And then they got it to 10 at 420. Then they took a timeout or somebody took, I think Creighton took a timeout, and then they got beat by 19, 18, 20. I don't know what it was. I turned it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it just happens sometimes. UConn's still a very good team. Um, they're the favorites to win March Madness right now. They're like, would you say, plus 120, plus 125 to even make the final four? Yeah. Yeah, so people still got a lot of respect for UConn. I do too. We'll see how far they can go. But the odds are, even even despite what the odds makers might say the odds are probably against them going back to back in march madness.
0: I, who's has anyone ever done it? I don't think anyone's maybe once. Uh I will find you a full list of teams. There's been very few that have gone back to back if if any. Right? Uh
1: teams to go back to back in March Madness. Uh the most recent team was Florida. I mean, yeah, Florida. I believe that's like 0203. No. Yeah. Sorry. No, so it's 0607 actually. Uh you had them in 0607, you had Duke in 9192. Um then you had some of the older UCLA teams and then you start getting to the to the older days like Cincinnati, San Francisco, those guys.
0: Yeah, so not a lot of teams going back to back. But anyways, Grant, we're going back to back with the good shows today from when Monday. That was a good segue into our first pick of the day. Do you want to start with the NBA or should I start with college basketball?
1: Um, as you start, cause it's only fitting. We've been talking about college basketball up to now you go. All
0: right. So looking at this game tonight, Dayton versus George Mason, this should be a very interesting game, but Dayton overall, just a two and a half point favorite minus minus one forty on the money line. This is the exact same spot that UConn was in last night as a road, a road team. Who's better as a two and a half point favorite. So I'm a little hesitant, but I do like Dayton based on the Ken Palm rankings. They are a much, much better team. Let's see some numbers here for Dayton. Dayton is the 24th ranked team in the Ken Palm rankings. They are 20th in adjusted offense. They are 56 in adjusted defense. Looking at George Mason tonight, George Mason is... 96th overall, 92nd in adjusted offense, and 107th in adjusted defense. So they might have the home court advantage. It means something. But overall, this Dayton team is just a little bit better than them. The basic stats, they actually match up pretty well. But overall, when you look at efficiency, Dayton has been much better. Winning four of their past five games. George Mason has won two of their past five. They have won two straight. But still, I'm going to bank on Dayton getting the job done. 11-2 in the conference, 21-4 overall in the 16th-ranked team in the country. Deron Holmes has been fantastic this season. 20 points per game, eight rebounds, 55% from the field. Big forward. I don't see George Mason having an answer for him tonight. When you look at George Mason, their leading scorer, Kishon Hall, he's been good overall, only a sophomore, big, big guard as well, six, seven guard. Um, he's going to match up down low, but at the same time, too, he's young. He's an experienced. I like Dayton, more experienced team, better team, more driven. Find a way to win tonight.
1: Yeah, Mason, it's not just two wins in their last five. You know, I think they're 17 and eight on the year, but they're actually four and six over the last 10 games. So not playing the best basketball recently. You mentioned Deshaun Hall and their second leading scorer, Darius Maddox, have been pretty good. But Amari Kelly has had some foul trouble recently. Looking at his recent games, he goes 16 points against GW, one against Davidson. 12 and then three and the the one in the three was because he got into foul trouble so big thing for him is gonna be staying out of foul trouble in this one that could play a big role in this
0: definitely so hopefully they can win I mean I, I again I got a little hesitation two and a half point favor as a better team on the road I'm a little scarred last night from UConn but hopefully the mid-majors can uh can cash me out
1: yeah, the uh, Mason's, you know, Mason's probably about like 15 minutes away from me. Maybe I'll go catch the game.
0: You should go. That'd be fun. I always want to go to like, a, now that Grant, this is a top 25 team too, a Dayton, but it's still mid-major basketball overall. And I always wanted to go like sit courtside a mid-major game and like just absolutely hammer it.
1: I was pretty. I was pretty young. I mean, I wasn't a baby, but I, I was a little kid when Mason went on that Final Four run, and that's what got Jim Laronega. You know, ultimately, really boosted his profile. And I wish that I would have been older and actually went to some of the games because that would have been electric to see George Mason go on a Final Four run.
0: They beat UConn that year, I think, on their way to the Final Four. They they had a couple good years where they they beat UConn. One of them, I remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Virginia teams have not disappointed. Uh, I like I VCU went on a Final Four run. I should I actually saw one of their games that year. It wasn't it wasn't in the tournament obviously cuz you know they aren't played at home, but I did see one of those games. But yeah, I've been spoiled. Like some some random Virginia teams have actually been pretty good in the tournament.
0: There you go. All right, Grant, NBA is back almost tomorrow night. Give it to me.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to start off with the Dallas Mavericks at minus three at home against the Phoenix Suns in this one. Uh, big reason for this is is uh, Bradley Beal is going to be injured. I actually haven't got his status confirmed, um, but I do believe he is out. Um, go check the injury report before tip off. The Suns were awesome with their full starting lineup of Beal, Durant, Booker, and then Nurkic and Grayson Allen. They had an offensive rating of 130, which was the fourth highest in the league. But again, with Beal coming out of here, if he is going to miss this game, then it just throws them back into limbo. You know, not that Durant and Booker can't get the job done on their own, but it's they go from nearly impossible to guard to. Difficult to guard. And when you're going up against Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, you know, it's exactly the same thing going the other way. These are two guys who nobody in the world can slow down in isolation. So I think you're going to see those two lock horns in that sort of sense. And then I just like some of the moves that the Mavericks made at the trade deadline. I I think I talked about it on the show, but I love the way that Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington fit this team. You know, they provide defense, Uh, Gafford being a rim protector, Washington being more of a help side weak side defender at the rim who can also switch out both are going to be great screening partners Washington can pop Gafford's a good rolling lab threat and uh has a little short hook to him I just like the way that the Mavs um are looking right now and those those few games we saw with their new lineup and then also the break i i feel like it's going to slow down the suns because they had built up so much momentum but again with the injury and that break i feel like dallas is about to go on a run here and i think they're going to be able to start it at home on thursday
0: yeah and the break's probably good for luca so because he needed a break he hit he doesn't like basketball
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say because he has such a high usage rate and they depend on him so much.
0: No, well, the, yeah, that's true, but like he also doesn't like basketball, so he need a little time. What, like the All Star game? That was a joke for him. Now he got a few days off. He's ready to go. He should be locked in. He should be ready for the second half, which isn't even a half of the season. It's like a, it's a little sprint.
1: You know what's funny about Luca too? I saw, I saw, like, a, I think it was a, I, th- I think, it, well, it was a Luca fan page, and they were comparing him to like Shea Gilgis Alexander. And they said something like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has never had a 33-9-8 game in his life. If Luka put up 33-9-8, and 8, all of his averages would drop. That's pretty wild. No,
0: Luka's fantastic. Like, he just doesn't like basketball that much. Him and Jokic don't really like basketball.
1: I think Luka does. I just, I, I think he's, I think he's a bit more of a, you know... Like, I think Luca loves the game of basketball. I really do. Jokic, I'm, I'm honestly questioning. Um, I, I think they were just messing around at All-Star, which isn't it's, a good it's a job.
0: It's a job for him. And the end of the day, like, they might love basketball. It's still a job. I, I don't know. Anthony Rendon said, like, in baseball, he was basically like, this is like to like feed my family. Like, this is, this is secondary to everything I do. It's just a job, basically. And, like, you get it. Like, it is. For a lot of these guys, it is just a job playing professional sports.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, we don't want to hear that, man. We really don't. When you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars and like, I mean, being on being on the angels like Rendon is like you're with someone like Mike Trout, who, you know, is as bought in as there possibly could be. We're definitely not trying to hear that.
0: No, you got to be you got to be locked in. Don't say it like a lot of guys think it. Just don't don't say and play hard because you're making a ton of money.
1: And you can say it like, you know, my family or, and, you know, if you're religious, my faith, those are always gonna be the two most important things to me. Okay, I get that. But don't say, you know, hey, if anything comes up, I'm walking out the door. I don't really wanna be here anyway. That's when I start to have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, second college basketball pick for Wednesday night. We got the Duke Blue Devils, eighth-ranked team in the country, going on the road to face the Miami Hurricanes. Hurricanes coming in at 15-11 and here. They have lost four straight games. Some tough teams over this stretch, UNC and Virginia, to name a couple of them. But they had a perfect get-right spot. Not necessarily perfect. I should say they were on the road. But they faced BC in their last game, lost by eight points. There is nothing special about the Boston College basketball program. So tough stretch right now for Miami. Duke has won four of their past five games. Comparing that BC common opponent, they won by 15 points uh, on February 10th there. Duke's just a better basketball team on offense and defense, scoring a little more per game, giving up a little less, very efficient. And when you look at the Ken Palm rankings too, Duke is the 12th ranked team in the country, 12th in adjusted offense, 25th in adjusted defense. You can't say the same thing. About the Miami Hurricanes, they are 78th overall, 68th in adjusted offense, and 111th in adjusted defense. So while they are on the road tonight, 5.5 points just is not going to be enough, in my opinion, for Miami to cover in this one. I think Duke laying 5.5 is pretty, not a slam dunk home run bets there on the road, but it's the right side of the line, in my opinion. Kyle Filipowski has been fantastic for Duke this season, 17 points, 8.3 rebounds, 49% from the field. And they also have guys like Tyrese Proctor who has been doing well, getting the ball down low to Filipowski with the assist game. So I think this is going to be a a big game for Filipowski and one that Duke should win pretty easily and find a way to cover.
1: Yeah. Miami's been pretty disappointing. Um, I mean, I think we all expected them to take a step back. I don't think anybody thought they were going to go to the final four again, but you look at some of the dudes on their roster, you know, ironically, Norchad omir has been probably their best player. Nigel Pack was the most expensive player in the transfer portal a couple of years ago, and he's really not showing any improvement. Even though he's, you know, one of the more experienced players on this team, Matthew Cleveland is good but wildly inconsistent. Could they? Could he and Pack have great games here? Sure, but Duke has been the more consistent team. Um, Shire has been doing a great job with that crew. So yeah, I think looking at Duke is the uh, right play here. Betting on betting on road or no? Sorry, betting on home in conference underdogs against ranked teams has been kind of profitable but i still think you do have to go with Duke
0: yeah it's definitely been profitable we, so we see it we see it a lot but I, I just can't the the difference in the the ken bomb and the difference in how these teams have played as of late it's like i just can't see taking five and a half points with with miami maybe eight and a half can't do five and a half
1: yeah, I understand that. I, I was probably thinking this. I was thinking seven and a half was about my line. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'll th- take it on over to the NBA. And I believe this is the final pick of the show here. I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Lakers at plus four and a half on the road against the Golden State Warriors. Again, this is on Thursday. So this is obviously another classic installment of the LeBron Curry rivalry, um, which isn't even you know, it's a rivalry by far, but it's it's also kind of not between these two. Like, we see the mutual appreciation between one another every time they face off. Um, and honestly, it's just going to be fun basketball to watch. You look at what the Lakers have been able to do recently. They've won four of their last five meetings with the Warriors. The Warriors really gave them everything they could handle earlier this year. I believe that game went to triple overtime. The Lakers still found a way to win that one. Um, now, I know the Warriors were playing their best basketball going into the break, but you can say maybe – I don't know if the Lakers were playing their best basketball because they did win the in-season tournament and did look like a top five team at one point, but they are playing pretty good. Think of they've won six of the last seven games. Uh, D'Angelo Russell averaging twenty-two points, seven assists over his last fifteen. If he's going to be able to keep that up, then this Lakers team—you know—we we were quick to write them off, but we saw when the money gets pushed to the center of the table, what's happened in the last two meaningful moments. Will they make it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and then they win the first in-season tournament? So when the going gets tough, the Lakers can get going. And this Warriors team, you know, yes, again, playing very good basketball. Jonathan Kaminga has really been ascending their top 10 in both offense and defense since uh, Draymond Green returned from suspension. But the breaks tend to help the older teams. And I know that that means the Warriors will get help because they're older. But I think it also helps the Lakers. I think the Lakers are just a better overall team than the Warriors are. So you're giving me four and a half points here. I think the Lakers can go in there and get a job done.
0: Yeah, I do as well. I, I think this is a good side of the line, and I want to get your thoughts too outside of this game on LeBron talking about how he doesn't have many years left. How many more do you think he's going to play?
1: It's it's interesting. So there are a few there are a few circumstances or situations to monitor. First of well, first of them is Bronny. Um, you know, I I don't when LeBron said all this time that he wanted to play with Bronny before he retired. I don't know if he imagined being as good as he still is. Like LeBron is undoubtedly one of the one of the 12 best players in the world very very high chance i know what i I, when you consider the importance of the playoffs and everything then he probably jumps to like top six top seven so lebron's still way up there and so does he really want to go to like you know what if Bronny gets drafted by the toronto raptors does LeBron want to move to a different country with all this business stuff going on? So that would be something to monitor. And then also the potential expansion to the Vegas uh, franchise because LeBron has not pulled any punches here. Like he he is going to own a Vegas basketball team at some point in his life. If the Adam Silver says, Hey, LeBron, 2026, so that'd be two years from now, we're opening, we're opening the franchise in Vegas. He has to be at done point with his playing career. And I think he would because he's not going to play one final year, miss out on the chance to join the ownership, and then then just live with that regret forever. So I think those would be the two things to monitor. But honestly, the way he's going, I would say he probably has – I mean, he think he could play, like could play six or seven more years. Um, But I don't think he's going to play until he's no longer uh, an elite player. So I would probably say probably three more. Um, At the end of that, maybe he's like a – He's like an 18 and seven, 18 and eight sort of guy, like playing a lot of point guard, you know, turns it on in the playoffs. Um, not gonna be scoring 25 a game, in my opinion, but I think he's got three more seasons.
0: Do you think he's gonna play with Bronny? I don't. No. You Unless, don't think Bronny will come out this year?
1: I, I well, let me let me back up. I, I think LeBron I I think he's going to stay with the Lakers, but if things get really bad, I think he's going to try to move to a championship contender. Um, and if Bronny is also there, like if they draft him to make him happy, like like the Bucks do with the Nassus and Giannis, then they'll play together. But I don't again, if Bronny gets drafted by like the Hornets or someone like that, I don't think LeBron's going to follow him there.
0: Do you think Bronny's getting drafted this year? High?
1: Um he shouldn't. Come I, out. I think he could get drafted this year, but I would like to see him go back to college.
0: Yeah, especially if LeBron's going to stay another few years. I mean, wait one more because he's going to be – he's not ready yet.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely not ready. He's got tools. Uh, he's Look, I, 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 LeBron, LeBron, LeBron could be awesome. I don't see him being an all-NBA, all-star type of player. Like I see him being kind of a 3 and D specialist that has good intelligence, good feel for the game. Um, but I, you know, I think he can get on the court, but not now. I think he needs more time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Grant, anything else before we wrap up today's show?
1: No, Tanner, that's it. I'm just happy. Happy. My favorite sport is back and you got the MLB coming up. It's exciting times approaching for us.
0: I can't spring training starts in two days. So very excited about those games. The. The, uh, the ones where we'd see all the single A guys and we can bet on them. So anyways, that was ride the line. The greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday (laughs) for another episode.